0: As we turn to scripture, let's pray together. Healing sovereign God, overmatch our resistant ears with your transforming word. Break through our jadedness and fatigue. Draw us closer to you. We are ready to listen. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 17. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, "'Give us water to drink.' Moses said to them, "'Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord?' But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go." I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. Is the Lord among us or not? That's what the people wanted to know, and it was a fair question. They were wandering in the wilderness. They hoped they were heading for the promised land, but no one really knew where it was or how to get there. They were tired, and they were thirsty. These were not hardened desert nomads. These were city folk accustomed to life in Egypt, Yes, they had been slaves in Egypt, but at least there was water and ground you could grow something in, not like this barren, dusty wilderness scorching hot enough to burn your sandals during the day and cold enough to leave you shivering at night. This journey to the promised land was not turning out so well, and the people were starting to grumble, thinking maybe that bondage in Egypt wasn't so bad after all. They took their frustrations out on Moses. They always took their frustrations out on Moses. His inbox stayed full all the time. Why did you bring us out of Egypt, they moaned, only to kill us and our children and animals with thirst? What was Moses going to do about this latest calamity? Here they were again without water. Here they were again facing a dead end in the wilderness. Well, Moses didn't know what to do, so he he forwarded the complaint to upper management. What should I do with these people, Moses asks God. They're about ready to stone me, he says. They're already forming a new PNC, a Prophet nominating committee. What am I supposed to do? Well, God tells Moses to find a rock at the foot of Mount Horeb and to hit the rock with his staff. And Moses did as he was told, and water flowed in the wilderness the crisis was averted the people were saved Moses's job was secure at least until the next crisis when we read these stories from the book of Exodus it's tempting to think the people were well frankly nothing but chronic whiners look at what they had already been through When they were in bondage in Egypt, God set them free. When they had lost their way in the wilderness, God led them with towers of cloud and fire. When they were stranded by the Red Sea, God made a way through the waters. When the Egyptian army came looking for them, God caused the sea to swallow the Egyptians up. When all they could find was bitter water not fit for drinking, God made the water sweet. When they didn't have any food, God caused quail to drop out of the sky and bread to settle like dew on the grass. Time and again, the people faced a crisis and time and again, God provided. You would think God had a pretty good track record. So why the constant grumbling? Why the seeming lack of faith? Well, I think it's important to remember that people were not sitting in a five-star restaurant complaining about the service. They were in the wilderness, and they were facing annihilation on a daily basis. They were surrounded by scarcity. They were afraid. And fear, fear makes us forgetful. So it's no wonder they asked, is the Lord among us or not? This isn't how it was supposed to turn out. The people thought they would be set free from Egypt and then make a beeline for the promised land. They thought on Saturday they'd stop making bricks and wave goodbye to Pharaoh, and then on Sunday they'd be tasting milk and honey in paradise. But that's not what happened. They had to take a detour, a detour through the dry and deserted wilderness, a detour that took 40 years Between promise and fulfillment, between the past and the future, there is always the wilderness. Maybe that's how it had to be. Maybe it's only in the wilderness, only in a dry and deserted place where the people had to depend on God every hour of every day for their survival. Only there could they let go of Egypt and be ready to receive the gift God was giving them. Now you might think it would be easy to let go of Egypt. After all, they were, they were slaves, they were in bondage, and who would choose bondage when freedom was within reach? Yet time and again in the book of Exodus, the people cast longing glances back to Egypt. Sure, they had to make bricks, but they had food and they had water and they knew exactly what they were supposed to do, not like this wandering in the wilderness following a wild God to God knows where. It may be hard to imagine, but time and again the people looked back. So maybe this little detour was the only way to get them to let go of the past, to let go of the world they had known so they could take hold of the world God was giving to them. Who would choose bondage when freedom is within reach well the sad truth is many of us most of us do just that now by freedom here I don't mean freedom as our society understands it if you listen to our political leaders talk about freedom freedom seems to be mostly about not having to do or experience anything you don't want to and it's mostly individualistic it's about me and my freedom But the Bible has a different understanding of freedom. Freedom in the Bible is being free to serve God, being free to serve the community. It's about being free to live out of generosity and love, not out of pride or fear or anger or scarcity. And that kind of freedom is hard. And so sometimes we choose bondage instead, bondage to another person, to our jobs, to our phones, to family pressure or peer pressure, bondage to image, to success, to tradition, because those smaller gods don't ask as much from us. Do you suppose that's sometimes why we find ourselves in the wilderness? Maybe God is giving us something new, but before that can happen, we have to let go of whatever we've been holding on to Or maybe we should say it like this, we have to let go of whatever's been holding on to us, whatever's been holding us in bondage. This calls to mind an old traditional story. There once was a father who had two sons, and as soon as the little boys were big enough to walk, he took them to the fields and shared everything he knew about how to grow crops and tend animals and... When the father got too old to work, the two boys took over the farm and took care of their father, and when he died, they found working together so enjoyable that instead of dividing up the inheritance, they formed a partnership, each brother contributing what he was best at, and at the end of the harvest each year, each would take half of what had been produced together, and years went by like this. The older brother never married, but the younger brother married and had many children, And during an especially generous harvest season, the older brother said to himself, "'My brother over there has a whole family to feed, and I have only myself. He really needs more than I do, but I know him. He would never take it. I know what I'll do. In the dead of night, when they're asleep, I'll take some of my harvest and slip it into their barn so they'll have more to feed the family.'" About the same time, the younger brother was saying to himself, I have been blessed with all these wonderful children. They will care for me when I'm old. But my brother has no children. He really needs more of this harvest to take care of himself in his old age. But I know him. He would never take it. I know what I'll do. In the still of the night, after he's gone to bed, I'll take some of my harvest and slip it into his barn so that he'll have more for his old age. And so, one night, when the moon was full, the two brothers came face to face, each carrying a portion of the harvest for the other, each on a mission of generosity. And as the story goes, though there was not a cloud in the sky, a gentle Rain began to fall, tears of joy from heaven, for two of God's children were truly free. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen.